When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hammer and Rails podcast, bi-week edition. I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. So with football on a bye this week, we wanted to take a uh, step away from the football program and take a look back at the basketball program. We obviously did our, our uh, series over the summer of a look at the uh, roster for the upcoming season, but with basketball tip-off now 34 days away. Sweet Jesus rejoice! <laughs> we are very excited that it feels like it's just around the corner. And to top it off, the Athletic released their uh, Big Ten preseason rankings. Um, you know, they called them their official unofficial rankings because they, they talked to media members from each of the schools. Because they're clowns, Ledman. They're clowns. Okay. Well, we'll get to why they're clowns a little bit later. Um, but we wanted to just get back into basketball Give football a week off. We'll probably talk about it in our next podcast uh, a little bit more. But to, for today, we are going to focus on basketball. And as such, Casey took over the Twitter account uh, this morning and asked if anybody had some questions. And we got some good responses. And Casey, I wanted to ask you some of those questions right up at the top. Yeah, I've seen like two of them because I got on for like two minutes. See, that's what I figured. Anytime mm-hmm. you do anything on the Twitter account, it's like, well, I better follow up with this. Yeah, I because... know you'll pick it up. Yeah. Because... Teamwork. God. God knows Casey will not. So, um, all right. So first question, guy by the name of Augie Carrington, AC Boiler 58 on Twitter. Uh, how much do you think we'll see Ivy as the primary ball handler? 
Not very often. Well, that surprises me. I would. I. Who, I, who then? Who then do you think would be the primary ball handler? I assume by primary ball handler would he be? You mean is he the bona fide one? Hey, I just read the questions. On I the don't court know. Is how we kind of know the whole saying in Painter's offense is we don't really need a point guard, or the point guard isn't that ball dominant. Um, right. Which I think remains true. I I think your point guard is whoever guards point guard for Painter, and then the guards are kind of intermingled. I. I think it'll be more than we saw last. I, I think he'll always be the guy that gets the ball with 10 seconds left and goes to deuce. But I don't think Painter wants to feed in some of Ivy's worst habits, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And a lot he, of... He, he's kind of got the the same problem that I think Carson Edwards kind of ran into in the NBA is in order for Ivy to be successful, he really needs the ball. And when he gets the ball... He doesn't want to get rid of the ball. Yeah, in a way. Their games are so much different to me. It's hard to equate how their problems are going to show up the same in college because, you know, Carson just wanted to chuck. He wanted the ball in his hand so he could get rid of it right away. (laughs) And Ivy's more, you know, he's shown some good pick and roll play, but he's just got that lightning step and an amazing ability to finish at the rim. And what we saw in the U19 and what we've seen at times last year, sometimes he would get ahead of himself and kind of get caught in no man's. That's what you don't want to see because he is um, a really good passer, knows how to read things early. It's just when he gets sucked in too far, they get out of it. So I would think that Painter is going to want to try to play to his strength more by letting him catch the ball second, third, fourth pass. After the defense has already been moved, it's even easier for him to take advantage of defenders that can't. So it does. However, I'm not really hearing uh an answer to the question of then if it's not going to be ivy who do you think will be the primary ball handler i mean it's going to be eric hunter there's no surprise that that was my guess yeah i painter's been very clear once again i know we talked about this uh towards talking about purdue basketball you forget that hunter part of the reason why he looks so bad is he was just burnt out because he had that leg injury to start the year following an offseason where they didn't know when or if they were going to play basketball he didn't have the legs to get through the season saw his play really really suffer from it but that's that's his role he's smart he doesn't make mistakes we've seen painter go to people like pj thompson that is painter's point guard that's what he wants from a point guard get into the action there's 30 seconds on the shot clock you don't have to score right away yeah yeah all right so um he augie carrington like i said he he asked the second question that i thought was interesting as well uh so with the amount of talent on this team do you see us going 10 to 11 guys getting minutes or is it going to be just a top seven to eight um this has really i mean it's not been a problem very often on a Matt Painter coach team. You know, the talent may be there, but it's not, it hasn't been, I think, as deep as this next team is going to be um, in recent memory. So Painter often has a fairly short bench. Um, maybe we'll go to nine guys, um, can, you know, consistently. Um, I'm not sure what your thoughts are of how many guys we're going to go deep uh, as the season progresses, though. So last year, was a weird year in that we had eight guys play 44% of the minutes or more, and Zach Eady's not one of them. And we didn't have a single guy play more than 64.9% of our minutes. So we didn't have a guy who stayed on the court. But a lot of that's because Ivy had an injury to start the year. True Fresh uh, talked about, you know, Hunter's injury. Obviously, Trey and Edie have to trade off, so they can't be on the court at the same time. So their number numbers are always going to be low on there. I, I, I don't think there's any way that we don't play. A college season's going to break down. You're going to play a ton of people the first about 8 to 10. It's when you have your non-con games, you're trying to figure out it. We're going to... We're going to play every bit of 11 guys, especially in games we're supposed to win. To start to, And I would expect one or two to fall off. Yeah, I think that that's kind of a general consensus of how Painter has done it 
in the past. I mean, you always want to try out different matchups. You want to try different combinations of players in games where, you know, you might beat a team by 20, 30 points just to kind of see what you've got out there. And especially in a live game situation, because you might have seen it in practice, you know, for two months at a time, but it might work in practice. It might not work in a game. So Painter always experiments a little bit in those early season games. But when it comes down to real marquee matchups or the Big Ten season, you always see that bench get a little smaller. Now I'm going to say that I think we'll be nine people deep at least in the NCAA. Okay. I think our rotation will be that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't disagree there. And I think it gives us a lot of cushion should foul trouble become an issue. Um, it wasn't always uh, Trevion's, uh, you know, Trevion got taken out a lot in the first half of games because he would get two fouls. And I think with what we know that Edie can do now, it gives Painter a little leeway to maybe keep him in a little longer, even if he does get that second foul. Um, it gives him some flexibility. Yeah, it absolutely does. And it, this team is going to have more variation of talent and more guys that are better at better thi- at more things than we're used to. Uh, we don't have guys that are just pure special. You know, Newman is a great shooter, but he's also shown that he's a really good defender. Um, do some damage off, off the dribble. Uh, we got two big guys that are coming in that are highly recruited, and they're good in a lot of different areas. We don't know exactly how their game is going to break out, but we have a lot of different guys, a lot of different matchups. Ethan Morton's coming off the bench we still don't know what he is right right the mono just i mean just destroyed his season last year yeah and, and i'm i'm very high on what he can do so i really hope that he can find a way to get on the court i'm i don't want him to get lost in the shuffle because then we would have lost two seasons uh, of him because there's just so much talent on this team and i think he can be a big piece for this team if he's given an opportunity and i i hope and I do believe that Painter will find a way to get him uh, a good opportunity on the court. Yeah, you have to. He's too. He's got too much of a potential to be special, which I think you can feel about feel that way about quite a few people. And you know, we're we're always going to have the difficulty of is it Trey or Edie time? We saw last year Edie picked things up so quickly, and there there were a couple games where Trey went to the bench with six minutes left. Sorry, big guy, you're great, but. Edie's dominating out there. You're just going to stay on the bench. Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't take out the hot hand. And Painter has two centers, two big men who can truly, you know, dominate a game. And if one has a great game, that may mean one of the guys just sits there and becomes a cheerleader. So, um, and they've shown that they're both fine with that. You know, there there seems to be no ill will uh, between them. They're both out there busting their ass when they're on the court. They're cheering for one another off it. So. Uh, it's very exciting that they're they're both around and then Painter has, you know, a great problem and, uh, you know, the envy of a lot of college basketball coaches, I would think. Absolutely. Uh, Edie's going to be something to reckon with. We saw it at the U19 and we saw it in season. It is obviously the physical tools are incredibly rare. Watching an athlete get that much better at a sport where he was already that good enough, to a Big Ten center, to get that good in season, it's hard to improve in season. Yeah. You don't have the time to work on your personal game the same way you can during the offs. Le- it's scouting opponents. It's getting through team practice, you know, learning sets and stuff. It's hard while you're taking classes. It's hard to focus up on, you know, improving your touch or your footwork on a turnaround left-handed hook shot. So to see him get yeah. that much better through the season. And now we, we're going to have a second season of him after his first real offs. Yeah, and it, I mean... He was a guy who I think a lot of us didn't even really expect to play last year. No. Nope. During the offseason and in the lead up to it, we're like, um, you know, he might be a, the third string um, 
center. We'll see what happens. He's really raw. And then it's like, no, he's going to play. And then he started playing and we're like, oh, you know, he was just such a revelation. So as you said, to have a, a really good off season, he was on the under 19 for Canada. He was on the national team for Canada. Um, I mean, he, just to see his growth is going to be amazing. So we're obviously really excited about that. So next question um, comes from uh, Brendan Depoy uh, on Twitter. Do you see Gillis getting out of the doghouse with Painter, or is it basically uh, Trey Kaufman Wren and first position battle to lose? So um, the only thing I'll quibble with is uh, we do think maybe uh, Trey Kaufman Wren and first would be different positions, um, or be even even be able to play at the same time as we discussed in our um, look at the roster. But for me, I mean. They've announced that that Gillis is going to be out the first four games uh, of the season, and after that, he will be able to work his way back in. I think Painter will give him every opportunity. I think, obviously, Painter likes the player he is, just based on the the minutes he played last year. And we've seen similar players, uh, I'm sorry, similar situations with players getting suspended for the the early part of the season under Painter. Um, you know, they're they're given their suspension. And Painter seems to, you know, give them every opportunity to work their way back. And I think Gillis is smart enough um, of a player and he makes enough plays and, you know, does the little things that he will find his way back on the court. But I don't know if he will find his way back to the starting lineup. Yeah, it kind of is the thing he did to himself. It's out of his hands because if first or Kaufman Wren catch on right away, Gillis has never projected out to be what either of those two players, regardless of suspension or dog. Those are two borderline five-star caliber. Gillis was highly rated, but we saw his limitations last. We saw him really struggle to shoot the ball against good opponents. We mentioned this in our offseason primer. Shot 14% from three against tier A opponents. That's not good enough. If, if you can't knock down that quarter three, take advantage of Trey and Edie and inside, you, you're going to struggle to be on the court if first or Kaufman Wren can't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the ceiling for those two players is just so high. And it, it is, I think it's obviously, I mean, it's no knock on Mason Gillis, but their ceilings are higher than his. Um, but right now, he's obviously, he knows the system better. He's been in more, you know, a college basketball game before. Um, so he's got that over these two. And it's just a matter of, is he able to show that he can take minutes away from these two players that are coming in so highly recruited and highly touted? And I think he can do it. It's just a matter of how he responds to the suspension. It's tough for any player um, to sit out when they're used to playing. He obviously, he redshirted, right? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, he he's done it before. Um, but in that situation, you know, you've made that decision long term and said, this is going to be good for me uh, at the end of the road. And, and this was something that was, you know, based on his mistake. And it, it's just a different situation. And we hope he can come through it um, a better person and a better player. So I'm excited to see what he can do. And I, I think he'll be given the opportunity to find his way back to the court and be a meaningful contributor. Here's the one thing with Gillis is when he's on the floor, he is someone that you can ignore. You can ignore him in the corner. You can help off a drive or inside. I think first and Kaufman Wren both have the capability to be in lineups where all five people on the court are a danger at all times. And if you have Trey and Edie inside and Ivy on the outside and no one else you can leave, that just blows the roof off 
of what your offense can be. And I think that alone is going to mean that Gillis is going to be fine when he plays, but he's not going to be someone they lean on when Coach Painter really needs to make a run, when they really need points, when things get tough, because I think Purdue is going to have maybe the best offense in the country, and it's not going to be when Gillis. So the only, there are two things I'll quibble with uh, that perspective on. One, you are right that, that Gillis is not the most offensively gifted player uh, on the team in the nation, in the Big Ten. Uh, you know, I can't argue with that. What I will say is he's a great rebounder. Um, he's a great garbage basket kind of guy because he is such a great rebounder. He get he gets in there uh, where the ball is going to be on a rebound. He finds his way to the ball, um, and he did get his fair share of buckets in those kind of situations last year. And the other thing I would say is, you know, we don't know how Trey Kaufman, Wren, and Caleb First are going to be on defense at the Big Ten level, but we know that Mason Gillis – uh, is talented on defense. Um, he's not our, not going to be our best defender, but he's a guy who you can put out there and you can trust, um, and you can trust him to put out the effort on defense. And that obviously means a lot in a Matt Painter coach team. So I don't care about rebounding from the okay. four <laughs> when we have Trayvon Williams or Zach Eady. Yeah, I mean Trey is probably the best rebounder in the country or in the in the big t- uh, fourth on the offensive rebounds, fifty first in the country. Uh, Edie's percentages aren't much below. Him. And to be honest, Gillis more of a box out guy than a go grab it rebounder. He had a lower defensive rebounding percent than Brandon Newman. Uh, he's not he, he's not as good of a rebounder as you expect him to be. He was a defensive. He he was pretty good on the offense, but yeah. we're gonna have a guy in the paint already. Yeah, I mean, but no, first of all, I would say not all rebounds go into the paint, and you know the the defense is going to be swarming around guys like Edie and Trevion Williams. So that can open up holes and spots on the floor for a guy like Gillis, who I think is is a heady rebounder. Um, and often, like I said, he finds himself in the right place. So that I think is hard to quantify. Um, but that's just something that I think he brings to the floor that we know is there. And uh, we don't know how Trey Kaufman, Ren, or Caleb first are going to do. Obviously, that's no knock on them. We just haven't seen them in college yet. So I think Gillis is going gonna, is gonna to find a place on this team um, once that suspension is up. So I'm not worried about him. I, it's really not about him. I just, particularly with him in first, I don't think there's going to be, by the end of the year, anything better than Well, hey, um, you know, we'll see. And, and if that is true, that I mean, that's great news for Purdue basketball. So I'll take that. Um, we got two more questions. Um, these really are going to be quicker. Um, so this is from Aaron goes by Aaron CD 18 uh, on Twitter. Uh, we've talked about this quite a bit, but I wanted to give you the chance to say it. Cause I know it's your favorite thing. Uh, do you guys think we could see Trevion and Edie playing together? Yes! I know yes! it's, your, it's your biggest fantasy for the 2021, 22 Purdue basketball season. So tell us why. Uh, but, you know, just give us a short answer. Yeah, I mean, Painter talked about it in an athletic article. It's something they're going to try, especially early on. It's going to come down to Trey is a once-in-a-generational passer. Is a big, that creates, is he better on the perimeter on offense? He is enough to create space that makes those two on the floor together really dangerous if he can also. I don't know how it's going to work against top two. It's going to come down to Trey as shape. It sounds like he might be. And can he hold up on the wing? If he can hold up on the wing defensively, it's going to be a knockout. Like, it, it's going to be a great thing that we can go to two to four minutes. Yeah, see, that that is my biggest problem. I'm a lot more pessimistic on this than you are. I just don't know how Purdue would do defensively with it. 
Um, I'm not sure how Trevion holds up on the wing. I'm not sure if he truly is fast enough um, to play against high-level competition at the four. Um, you know, against some of the early season opponents, some of the kind of lesser schools, it may be just fine. But when we get into, you know, those big tournament games or a lot of teams in the Big Ten, I'm just not sure how feasible it is. But um, he does appear to be in better shape than we've ever seen him in. Um, maybe that includes a better first step. Maybe that includes more lateral quickness. I don't know. We'll have to see. But that would be my problem with it uh, should it come to pass. So I just want that shot got in our one... bag. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it'd be great to have. But it's just a matter of if it can work. So, um, And then I'm going to close out this seg- segment of the show with one more question. It's uh, it's from Aaron again. So this is I'm just going to allow you to answer this. I'm not even going to offer an opinion. Huh? So Purdue is down to 12 seconds left in the game. Who are you giving the ball to, Ivy or Trevion? Trevion. That was he, a lot easier than I thought. Was I thought you would agonize over that question. No, because we've seen Trey be not just dominant in the last possession. We have seen him control the entire clutch last four minutes of game, five, six, seven, eight times. We watched him come onto the floor in Wisconsin to refresh, go up against Hap, and give him everything he had and win on. That is in Trey's DNA. That is what he does. And the worst thing you can do is double him and he will find the open. Yeah, he is. I mean, his passing, his most underrated ability. I mean, I know you and I love it and we talk about it all the time, but I don't think from a national perspective, people truly understand what a great passer he is. So um, it makes some sense to give the ball to him at the end because not only is he a great passer, but he's he's a great you know, great shooter finds a great look. So either he's going to find his own shot or he's going to find the open man. So I, I actually, I agree with you that that was going to be what I was going to say also. So um, we've got one more question. I'm going to save it to the end. Um, so we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about the article from the athletic uh, about the official unofficial uh, media poll. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. 
Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And we are back. So, as I mentioned before the break, uh, The Athletic put out what they call their official, unofficial Big Ten basketball media poll. Um, So what they do is they check with, I believe, two uh, media members from each Big Ten team and allow them to send in their rankings. And that's going to include how they think these teams will finish, their first team ballot, their player of the year, um, you know, and freshman of the year. And they kind of just grab all that data, throw it up, and let the let the folks know what the media in the Big Ten thinks. Uh, Purdue finished tied in first uh, as far as the uh, order of finish with Michigan. Each of them received 373 total points. They did list Michigan first because Michigan had one more first place vote than Purdue did. Um, the only other team that received first place votes uh, was Illinois, and so they finished third. Um, I'm going to read it real quick just to give you. Uh, the lay of the land. So it goes Michigan, Purdue, Illinois, Ohio State, Maryland, Michigan State in at sixth, Indiana at seventh, then Rutgers, Iowa, Wisconsin, Nebraska, uh, Northwestern and Penn State tied for 12th, and then in dead last uh, is going to be Minnesota. And to tell you how bad uh, the media believes Minnesota is going to be, so Northwestern and Penn State were tied for 12th. That means they took up the 12th and 13th spot. They finished with 81 points. Minnesota in dead last only had 34. Um, so the media does not have faith in the new Minnesota head coach, who, quite frankly, I don't even remember his name right now. Um, it look, it's Ben Johnson from Minnesota. There you go. Um, so they are not expected to do well. Um, the player of the year uh, was Kofi Coburn from Illinois, um, both both Jaden Ivey and Trevion Williams received votes. And on the first team, all Big Ten, uh, Jaden Ivey was listed. Trevion was not. He only received votes. He was not on uh, the starting five. So, um, Casey, what is your biggest problem uh, with these results? First of all, it's super easy to be optimistic about a team you haven't. Clearly, Are you that is to what. Michigan here? Michigan, Indiana being ranked sixth, sixth? Seventh. Yeah, I agree. Um, even Illinois, most of the team that did damage last year is gone. A lot of the players, it's really easy to be optimistic about that. And then we are really into darlings on bad. And what do you mean? Trace Jackson Davis does not deserve to be up. Oh, you're talking about as far as, um, first team, all big, first 10. team, all big. Uh, I, I could also quibble with Liddell. Neither of those in my mind deserve it over Trey. I think Trey, Trace Jackson Davis CJ, gets by a lot on being the one competent player that tries hard and is pretty athletic on a bad team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can really you can really look a lot better than you are when you're the star of a team that is not good. He's Lamar Steven. Ooh. <laughs> He's not much more than someone who puts up Penn State for the last. Um, I don't think he has a whole bunch of subtlety or nuance to his game. Didn't attempt a single three last year. Got worse. Uh, you know, he was about a 52% 
shooter from the field that's that's fine but when you only shoot inside the arc and that drops down to 48 percent of tier a opponent you're not that good of an offensive weapon he's pretty good on defense i thought he slipped quite a bit last year um he was asked to do more and pretty much all his efficiency numbers dropped he just seems like a second teamer to me he's good but he's not clearly he's not good enough to change a program or make a program great on it yeah otherwise he would have already done it yeah and liddell you know he's not a good three-point shooter even though he shoots a bunch of them uh even his efficiency numbers, like his offensive rating's not that high. His efficiency numbers are a little... Uh, he turned over the ball more than it seemed like his final stats. Uh, end of the year, he's averaging almost... He had almost three turnovers in the last seven games of the season. I, I don't think he's really a playmaker. I think he was helped out by a good system and quite a bit of talent around him. I, I just see just mad disrespect for Trey Wilson. Has one of the most unique combination of skill as being a download scorer, one of the best rebounders in the country, and then as we've talked about 24.9 percent assist out of the post he is a one-man offense kept purdue afloat uh that was a very young team that and he's just really good finished more shots than any other player in the country still shot over 50 percent from the field uh difficult shots fourth best offensive rebounder in the country if we're gonna love kofi cockburn or uh coburn 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 (laughs) Kofi Coburn for uh, what he is. This is a family podcast. (laughs) Good. Uh, If we're going to love him for all his athleticism and offensive rebounding, you got to give the same love to Trey, who is pretty much a better rebounder than Coburn. Yeah, I honestly, when I when I first read through this, I thought I misread it because I was like, there's no way Trevion Williams is not listed first team all Big Ten. According to Ken Palm, he was the 10th best player in the country. In the entire country, not just the entire country. Yeah, so, and, you know, they listed, again, they did the same thing kind of with the first team that they did with the rankings of where teams were finished. They gave you an idea of who received how many votes. So uh, Coburn was the number one vote getter with 27, EJ, EJ Liddell, Ohio State, 26, Hunter Dickinson with Michigan, 25. I have no quibble with Hunter Dickinson being there. Uh Jaden Ivey, 21, and then Trace Jackson Davis from IU had 20. So I looked at that and I was like, oh, well, maybe Trevion was at like 19. No, Trevion Williams only received 10 votes. He received half of the votes that Trace Jackson Davis did. And that is insulting to me. Like, there is absolutely no way you can justify that in my mind. Yeah, if you walk into a onto a basketball court and you get first pick in the gym and Trey and Trace are there and you need to win that game, you're not picking Trace. No. No. It, it seemed like a clear four-person first team, and then you could quibble over who's... I, I just... It, it, it didn't make sense to me, and I think you said in, uh, in the uh, group chat that this was... Uh, Trevion Williams libel or slander. I can't remember what you said. Do you expect me to remember? Well, you know, I was hoping. I mean, I think you said slander, but slander is spoken and libel is written, so it's technically libel. So, you know, I I don't care that much. I don't care that much. No. So, (laughs) you know, the the article goes on. They they note that uh, one of the things is Purdue brings back nearly everyone on the team. Um, And the thing with Michigan, like you said, they lost four of their top six scorers, but they bring in the top recruit, one of the top recruiting classes in the country, maybe even the top recruiting class, depending on where you look, I think. Um, and they, they retain Hunter Dickinson, who's obviously was an All-American. So it, I think a lot of what Michigan is being voted for is because they do have um, a lot of good folks coming in. But you never know how that's going to work. You never know how a team's going to gel. And, you know, they they have been a very good 
program, a very stable program, regardless of the coaching change. So I think that gives people a lot of confidence in how they'll do regardless of uh, – regardless of the the newness of the the team so I, also dickinson little overrated i mean just gonna say yeah maybe a little overrated but i mean i think do you disagree that he he belongs on the first team no but okay see that's all i'm saying yeah i, I i'm not saying he's the best player in the I just, country but i think his I, name is carrying a lot of the weight of that high ranking but he wasn't good towards the last end of the- well i mean everybody has their everybody has their little sections where they struggle and um, he he might have had that at the end of the season, but I think he certainly would have received my vote had I gotten a vote in this poll for the first team Big Ten. He would have been on my list. Yeah, I'm talking more about rating as a team, Michigan. That's their one proven guy. He's pretty good, but he's pretty good against bad teams. So the author of the article also goes into his uh, specific picks. It's uh, Brendan Quinn, uh, for those that are curious, and his particular vote was for Purdue as number one. Um, he brings up the fact that, you know, obviously last year the NCAA tournament was a disappointment, um, but Purdue returns all five starters and all and top eight scorers from last season. Um, he, he mentions how Trevion, Zach Eady are going to be great together. And Ivy is, he says, perhaps, quote, the budding star in the league. So, uh, you know, that is obviously why a lot of Purdue fans are excited. Um, now that brings me to the last question that I wanted to ask. Uh, that came from Twitter, and this is from JN Forecaster 18, and was reiterated by uh, Garrett Burkle. So it, the question is more or less, why should we be hopeful? Um, they, this uh, Twitter user says, "I've been a Boilermaker fan for 20 years. Uh, what makes this season different?" And we mentioned before we started recording that you're a bit more optimistic about the basketball season than I am. I'm obviously very optimistic. I think we're going to be a great team. Um, but I just, uh, maybe it's because I've been snake bitten one too many times as a Purdue fan, but I always wonder if we have the guy to get us to the final four. Uh, but you seem fairly confident that this team could be that team. And I want you to sell me on it. I mean, let's not pretend like this question needs to be answered by a sports analyst. This is a therapy. Well, yeah, this but, uh, is... How do you who prevent has the time? Who has the time and money? So as I'm sitting here at my desk, I'm looking at now on my wall. I have a collection of all the media passes of games I went to. And the one that is on the outside staring me in the face, Louisville 2000. Great. I sat courtside for that game. I covered the whole tournament. And yeah, we lost obviously in the elite eight cruel, unimaginable fashion. Moving on. But the moments before were still amazing. That that Tennessee game was incredible. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll never forget. I mean, I'll never forget the, even the game we lost. Yeah. It was so much joy up until that very yeah. last second. And saw what, you know, guys that are that good with the bulk. And that team was not was not perfect at all. They were the 34th best team on Ken Palm defensively for the season and the fourth best on offense. That offense carried. So last year, Ledman, what do you think our defense? All right, let's start offense. What do you think? What do you think our offensive rating on Ken Palm? And I know this sounds like I'm just like picking a Ken Palm stat, but generally your national title champions are top 10 efficient both. Okay. So last year, um, you said offense? Offense. At uh, 23? Very good. We were 26. Okay. So in general, uh, Painter has a top 10 off, pretty much besides the Boudreaux year. Ah, uh, yes. The, the 2020. Or the, uh, yeah, 2020 years are hard. Yeah. Besides that team, he's been top 10 for a while. What do you, what do you think? 
obviously defense was our biggest problem last year. Yeah. What do you think our defensive rating was? We were 34th in 2019 when we were good enough to beat the defending national attack, except for that miracle. I'm going to say like 45. 34th. Okay. The exact same. Wow. We are bringing in, we, we aren't losing anyone besides Aaron. Which, mm-hmm. you know, surprisingly came on and, and will be, I think, a little bit of a loss. He absolutely was. He absolutely was one of our key cogs towards the end. Of- but he also had a ton of limitations, particularly on the offense. So... All you have to do to talk yourself into this team is to see that we improve in marginal ways on both offense and defense. Defensively, they didn't get an offseason to get better. Uh, They've talked how they're already ratcheting up from first practice on. Defense was their main focus. So can guys like Trey who slimmed down be better? Can Edie play more and learn the game more? We saw it in U19. He He can man a defense at the rim. Can Newman get better hunter get health can ivy be the kind of ball hawk that he was at u19 in college all of those feel like pretty safe bets for some of them right yeah i, I think so and then on offense i feel like it's even easier we watched Jaden ivy ivy emerge last freshman we watched Edie emerge we've got three bona fide blue chippers on guys who can get a bucket almost at and then we just need the margins to improve slightly eric hunter shot 27 percent from three left he was 35 percent as a sophomore you're telling me he can't click up to at least 35 again yeah i mean so so far you're making sense Jaden ivy was a 25 percent three-point can that not knock up to 30 we know he works at his game because he was barely hitting anything to start the year and then he hit a game winner against ohio state the shot improved throughout the year morton was 28 percent do we get anything from him and then we bring in two guys the best two players out of Indiana basketball who are really good, that have the potential to be good all over the floor and give us different look. And then Mason Gillis, who I talked about, shot 14% against quality, quality opponents. Any of those people get a little better at shooting. Sasha gets a little bit better at D. We're not talking about a team that needs to improve leaps and bounds. And some of it, we just need them to come back to where they should. Be. And that's why you can be helpful. Because we were already knocking on the door with last year's to being the kind of offensive-defensive squad that does damage in the tournament. And we have the guard and a big man who knows how to control the game that should be able to make a deep run. Okay. I, I got to admit, I feel a little better. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, I am, obviously, I'm very optimistic. I'm very hopeful about this next basketball season. Um, but you do always wonder, I mean, I, I pay so much attention to Big Ten basketball um, that I often lose sight of what's going on, you know, in other conferences and what the best teams um, are really doing because to me, I, you know, I would rather, and you know, maybe I'm the only one in this, but I would rather watch um, a big 10 basketball game between like Northwestern and Nebraska than, you know, a good ACC game. Uh, Just because I I love big 10 basketball. I love knowing what my opponents are doing. Um, That's the kind of stuff I love to watch. So sometimes I feel like I'm disconnected from the rest of uh, the college basketball world. And I think that can, that can throw me off sometimes of what I can truly expect uh, once we get into the tournament. Well, we got to watch three of our guys go overseas, play against the best competition in the world. Not the conference, not the country, in the world. Two of those guys stood up at the end of the tournament as two of the best five players. There. Yeah, yeah. I, I And I think that's huge. I One think of those guys is our backup. Right, right. Oh, that's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. I mean, I, I think it's huge for their development. I think it's huge for the team. And 
I, I know Jaden Ivey is the guy who you have such huge expectations for. I think you said at one point either Jaden Ivey or Trevion Williams is going to be in the conversation for National Player of the Year. So if that happens, I, I think obviously huge things are going to be happening for this team. So uh, we are both very optimistic uh, about the upcoming season. Casey, a little more so than I, but you know he'll drag me along to the finish line as we go through this season. Um, and uh, I, I'm just very excited for, for that first game uh, coming up. I mean, I know those, those first games are always on BTN+. Plus. The first one's going to be an exhibition game against Indianapolis. So uh, probably honestly won't watch it just because it's like $10 and it's always terrible quality because it's BTN+. Plus. So uh, we'll see uh, how that goes. Maybe, maybe I can find a, a way to watch it, but do you, do you usually buy those BTN Plus stuff? Yeah, I'll do it for the first few games. Um, Look, It looks like it should only be two games. We've got the, the exhibition against Indianapolis and then a game against Bellarmine. Bellarmine? Yeah, I feel like, especially since I'm not in Lafayette anymore, because normally I just go to the games to cover it. I just feel like I'm so far behind if I'm in a game. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, I mean, that, that first exhibition, November 4th. So, I mean, today we're recording on October 6th. So, soon, uh, baby. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, the, you know, the best time of the year is when college basketball and college football overlap. Uh, there's just so much to watch, so much to do, so much to enjoy. So, uh, Casey, do you have anything else about this basketball team that we didn't mention? I know you've got like two or three pages of notes in front of you. So is there anything you want to mention before we head out? I'd be shocked if Caleb Houston when fresh. Oh, is that who was listed? Yeah. Uh, he's a guy on Michigan, part of why Michigan is so highly ranked. I watched you know, I watch pretty much all the team candidates. That boy just shoots, and that's all That's all he does. Um, shot 35% in the tournament. Shot 19% in three on eight attempts a game. Neither guys, of those percentages are good. Guys who shoot that much don't know what else to do on the court. How's, yeah. it, how's that going to work? Yeah, and I mean, if he truly is one of no, one of several highly touted guys coming in for Michigan, he must – he. In order to win freshman of the year, he's going to have to be head and shoulders above the rest of those those guys, and that's going to be pretty tough. Yeah, so I I will take our proven guys coming back, getting better at the end. But I'm also a homer, so Yeah, whatever. that's true. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so, I mean, Purdue, Michigan, and Illinois going to be their top three teams if you listen to The Athletic and this official, unofficial ballot. So, you know, it's pretty exciting to be picked at the top of your league in the preseason and it puts a little extra pressure on the team, but I think this is this is a veteran squad. This is a team who's been there before in the recent past, and uh, they can handle those expectations. So I am very much looking forward to see what they can do as the season begins in a less than one calendar month. Sweet, really. There you go. So that's going to be it for us today. Uh, we will be back with you next week to probably talk a little bit about football, talk about how uh, we think the season has gone, and look ahead to the uh, – the game after the bye week, but uh, just enjoy this this rumination on basketball. It's our favorite time of the year. So for Casey and myself, thanks for listening. Make sure to hammer that subscribe button. Give us a comment. Ask us a question. Uh, we really liked answering your questions this week, so if you have any more, feel free to let us know. Uh, until then, we will talk with you next week. Boiler. Boiler.